Two Poor Bastards contains explicit content and drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right, you are listening to Two Poor Bastards' second take of Prince of Darkness. We are doing the Apocalypse Trilogy. And in this, we've covered, we're going to cover In the Mouth of Madness, Prince of Darkness, and The Thing. And it's actually reversed. It's The Thing, Prince of Darkness, and In the Mouth of Madness is the final uh, part of it. And uh, in this series, it's, as it says, it's, uh, you know, Apocalypse Trilogy. And uh, as it said, John Carpenter uh, finalizes or goes over a version of Apocalypse or some sort of cataclysmic uh, change. So, uh, Kyle, have you seen Prince of Darkness before? No, I have not. This is, well, no, I take that back because I have seen the last scene of the movie. Okay, yeah, it's very famous. But that's about it. So in its entirety, this would have been my first time then. Give me your uh, impressions, recaps, thoughts on the movie. Uh, Well, the first thing that I noticed, not really related to any of the questions that you've asked me, (laughs) but the thing that jumps out at me the most is it looks like a soap opera. Yeah. The way that it was filmed and it's looked. I don't know if you're one of those people who do the 120 hertz on their TV. I don't. Oh, you don't. So it, like, it looked like it was 120 hertz, like you know the quote unquote so yeah. proper look. I can only imagine how odd that movie would have looked if you did have 120 hertz activated on your TV. So we've you know we've watched a few movies uh, you know on the TV and so. And some of the movies that we're watching are remastered and 4K or HDR resolution. So I think that really tweaks the format a little bit because how I set my television is to like cinema standards. So not like the 120 hertz, like live action, soap proper TV. It's just that's what the remastered version looks like. Now, it's just what it looked like. All yeah, right. it's just what it looks like. Yeah. So there. Anyways, continue. I... What I would like to go back and see what it does look like if we 120 hertz that <laughs> shit. I'd be like really, really weird. Yeah, I would definitely. Uh, I I've accidentally accidentally done that on some movies, and like it's so hideous that like I I like it's actually cringe inducing. I have to pause it. Like I'm in a panic. I'm like trying to fix it because I am. Yeah, I, don't don't do that, people. People, listen. If you have a high def TV. 120 hertz, don't do it. Don't do it for any reason. There's no, no reason to ever do it. Don't. No. Nope. Keep it in cinema mode. Things look na- more naturalistic, yeah. better. Usually the more imaging processing bullshit you have on, the worse it's going to look. Yeah. And movies are meant to look a particular way. They have a certain uh, softness, if you will. And so I, I think for those who don't know, like what the difference between like a 120 pass or 20 Hertz pass or what uh, like traditional film would look like is film is only 24 frames per second. 
And when you do 120 hertz, the refresh rate's so high, it, it fills in all of those voids between the individual frames. Garbage. So it looks, where while it looks more realistic, when you're watching movies, you're not watching it to look more realistic. It has a has a certain kind of... I wouldn't say it looks realistic at all. It looks absolutely fucking just so artificial to right. me. And that's... So, like, a lot of... Uh, when you watch native content that's actually filmed 120 hertz, I'm not going to say that it's better, but when you take the the programming algorithms and apply that to old movies, it what it does is it actually fills in the movement between the frames. And so it's guessing, in essence, what it should look like and it ends up looking really fucking weird yes so anyways enough about that back to the movie well i feel well i mean any of the three movies in the apocalypse trilogy here seem very small scale yeah so it's like you aren't seeing something affect the entire world you're seeing it affect you know an isolated area whether it be antarctica random california place Right. Or random place in New Hampshire, Maine, yeah. wherever it yep. was. So it's the, it's like the beginning, the epicenter of each possible apocalyptic event. So we always see it right as it's maybe like just happening before it affects the whole world. Okay, let's go on. The seeds of destruction. If you will. <laughs> and that is so appropriate with Prince of Darkness because yes. it really seems to be a seed of apocalypse spritzed throughout the movie. So a lot of <laughs> a lot of innuendo action going on. So what do you like what what do you think the movie is about or what is it in your interpretation like what is it getting across because I have like all the background in the movie and, and kind of how it came to be. So I'm curious from your perspective, fresh, what is the movie? So it's, it's a little like, okay, here's, you know, the Christian version of, you know, the, the coming of the devil yep. to earth, but then we get thrown science into it and then alien stuff <laughs> is mentioned. So that to me is more interesting than a straight up religious type thing. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I don't like religion at all. So well, it, just so people understand in the movie, it says that uh, there is a son of the devil and a Jesus Christ alien. So Jesus was a alien of a humanoid race imprisons Satan's son. And then they in they somehow banish Satan to another realm and that they imprison Satan's son in this vessel and then they hide it until we have the technological means to prove that he exists. So, but something bad's going to happen when we can prove (laughs) that, which is what the movie shows. Okay, we proved it. Now shit's going to go bad. Yep. That's That's the problem right there. So in the movie, a little bit like it takes a lot of uh, religious tropes, ideology. And as you said, it mixes with science. And so if you notice at the beginning of the movie, they were throwing a lot around a lot of like uh, scientific mumbo jumbo. So a lot of buzzwords. So it's like movie smart people talk like they they talk 
in a not realistic way when you're debating things like quantum physics and uh, the special theory of general relativity. So uh, the big thing is that in the movie, what they're saying is that once you get on the quantum scale, nothing makes sense. What is up is down, and they're trying to explain Schrodinger's cat uh, and kind of like how things can exist and not exist at the exact same time to kind of set up this world of, of Satan, if you will, or, or right and wrong. And, and so one of the things is like in particle physics, there is a, a, a positive thing and then the opposite of it. So it's the Satan is the anti-God to the actual regular God and that anti-God lives in another anti-realm in essence. The, the whole yin-yang thing. Yes. But trying to put a more scientific like spin on it. And, and to me, like... The positive and the negative. Yeah. You eat something, but you're still going to have to poop no matter <laughs> yeah. what. Life is shit. Yes. Literally shit. Uh, to me, this is really one of those things where it seems like Someone was bored, they read a book, had a half-cocked understanding of that book, and said, hey, you know what, I think it'd be a really good idea to make a movie out of this, but let's do it in like a really 80s kind of way and like put it to religion. And it's a really, I love it. I'm not going to hate on John Carpenter because it, it is a, it is so John Carpenter like all the way through and through, but it really is something like, I feel that only in the eighties could you get away with making a movie like that. Like there's no way that you could like just come up with a half cocked thing like that and just decide to make a movie. I mean, you can, but all those movies are on YouTube. Yeah. Or (laughs) like, you know, Maybe that's why movies in the 80s were so good, because you could do something like that. Now everyone's just like, well, this movie already exists. Let's do it again. Right. Exactly. And I, I like that experimentation. Like, and, and from that perspective, you know, it is fresh. It doesn't, it doesn't always hit. It doesn't always land the mark. But I would say Prince of Darkness is a, has its charms about it. It definitely is a memorable movie, and I think, like... I went a long period of time of not seeing that movie and I still had like moments of that movie or vibes of that movie that I always remember. And then going back and watching it in high, you're like, Oh, that's what that movie's about. And it, it doesn't quite mesh with like how I've remembered it. So the movie is made, was made because John Carpenter got sick and tired of making big budget movies. So you know, that it's definitely not a big budget movie. This it's is a very B movie. Apparent, yeah. Very. He apparent. wanted to make a low budget horror movie again. Like that was what he was going for. And I think at this, this movie came in 86, I believe. Um, and so he had done the thing, obviously Halloween, which is the, the thing that got him to blow up in the first place, did the thing. And that movie is, is a big budget movie. He did, I think this is right after Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. It has half the cast of Big Trouble in Little China in it. Uh, And so I think that movie did not do very well initially when it came out. And I think he was trying to get outside of the studio system 
and have a little more creativity. Because I think he had an idea for that Big Trouble in Little China. It didn't necessarily come to the fore. Or maybe it did, and he got his ass chewed for it. So he decided to go back and make something a little more where he has a lot more control over the over the product itself. The old do what you want to do. And don't do what you don't want to do. Exactly. Thing. So <clears throat> he was at a place where he wanted to make a small, we call them independent movies now, but he straight up says he wanted to make a, a low budget horror movie again. And it was based off, he was, he had just got done reading a book on quantum mechanics and he thought that the kind of like what it was dealing with was really interesting. And then he did the most like, you know, John Carpenter thing you could do with that information and make it about, uh, make it into a horror movie about the anti-God, which I, I think that's great. You're not making that shit now. It is not happening. No, probably not. Because if you think about like, we were having a discussion earlier today uh, about like Doom. They gutted one of the major aspects of the Doom lore, which is it's supposed to be hell, like on Mars and demons. And they gutted all of that in change of like uh, genetic mutation. And then they kind of like say hell or Mars is hell. And that's how they kind of like talk about it, where this is like legitimately going into what hell is and Satan and what God is and saying that Jesus is an alien. You couldn't. I mean, you couldn't do that for a mainstream movie It's today. like making a condiment, calling it ketchup, but it's actually <laughs> something else like mayonnaise. Yes. Like, we're using the name, but we aren't really doing the content. Yeah, we're not doing the thing. So I think it's, you know, as far as how the movie goes, how it was made, like, I enjoy it. it there is definitely, like... Listen, in this movie, there is a legitimate like fear of ejaculation. Like people are getting their getting ejaculated into their mouths constantly. And who the fuck is Diane from Radiology who wears the glasses? <laughs> from Radiology, who wears the with the glasses? With the glasses. You know that person. Ugh. Like they said that like maybe four or five times. Yeah, about that. Holy shit. Uh but it's a nobody notices people with glasses back in the eighties. Yeah, they weren't cool then. No, I will say the things I appreciate about the movie: all practical effects, of all, course, John Carpenter. So right, all in camera things going on. Now it's not as uh, mystical, like so. You like Big Trouble in Little China, like they've got like the lightning bolts across the screen, and there's like a lot of like imposed effects, mm-hmm. like in post. There's nothing like that in this movie at all. It's really. There's a lot of reverse cinematography. So like green fluid, like dripping up onto a ceiling or like worms going down a window are going up a window, going up a window that clearly they're going down. Uh, and I appreciate like, listen, I appreciate it. It, it didn't take me out of it. And of course the great score by John Carpenter. So it really, in some ways I was thinking of like as I was watching that movie like it was a music video for his music because like you've got the two ladies just staring at the one guy and like they would it would pan to him and it would pan to them just staring there like and I felt like that in some ways that was very like music video-esque 
sort of. Maybe you could say that all John Carpenter movies were a vehicle for his music <laughs> at that point. And that's not a bad thing. Here's my music. Here's a hour and two, what is, that was about two hours for that movie. Here's a two-hour music video. With some sort of to plot. Goes, this happening. goes along with my music. This is... And the thing is, is that's actually not, I mean, now artists actually do that. You know, they make movies to their music or there's some sort of like narrative in a longer featured video. So, I mean, if Kanye did that shit, he'd probably get some fucking awards for it and straight up just rip off John Carpenter, I bet. Be the craziest, most like self-centered I feel like craziest he, shit ever. He would be like loving on himself. I'm pretty sure. So as far as what the apocalypse is for this particular movie, it's the devil. It's literally sort of the biblical apocalypse, but not biblical. It's an eighties inversion of a story, which I think is perfectly acceptable. And again, like, a lot of series now, like they're so high minded. Like if you watch Westworld, like that series is so meticulously plotted, and it takes two or three years to put together a show like that, as far as all the story elements and how everything comes together, and they think about all the logic and the the science and everything behind it, so that it is a perfectly presentable world. This movie is literally like a dude had an idea over the weekend and decided to make a movie about it. Like that's like, there's a kernel of an idea there and you know, the green swirling vat of, I was watching this thing there and they're complaining that that effect was such a pain in the ass to do because what they had done is they had put like a, like a twirling thing in there and it couldn't show on the outside. So it had to move this liquid around emanate light but you couldn't see the inner mechanical aspect of what was in that vat and now you wouldn't even think about something like that that would all be done in cgi post you know what i mean and the fact that they um you know spent so much time on it it's like you know there's it's a charm Uh, movies just aren't made like this anymore i i have a soft spot for john carpenter uh but you know, there's definitely like there's a lot of idiosyncrasies to the movie where it's just like they don't fully think dialogue out, and so like it's it's abs- there's like these weird juxtaposed one-liners to like really serious dialogue, or someone just magically gives some you know, exposition to the story while they're like staring off into the distance. Like there's some soap opera movie, but it's great. I love it. I mean, I really, you know, I can't. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. bad movie. Um, you know, Alice Cooper is in the movie for like three minutes, non-speaking, just looking menacing. Kills someone with half a bike. Yeah. That's pretty. So. Miliowake. It was actually inspired by Alice Cooper, that effect. They asked him and his effect guys how to do an effect, and they that's what they did. Like So apparently he was like in town, on tour, was visiting the set, wanted to see a John Carpenter movie being made. And then John Carpenter was like, hey, uh, 
do you want to be in the movie? You can, you know. That's where you like, see him like, that dude looks like fucking Alice Cooper. And sure enough, it was him. Yeah, sure as shit. With a lot of pancake makeup on. Like, his face is, like, caked in makeup. Yeah. It just looks. But his hands were normal pale. color. So it was like Twilight, then. Yeah. It was. <laughs> Listen, I've never seen that movie in its entirety. I came into the room while never. my friend's niece was watching it. And I just remember, I didn't even know what it was at first, but like, this dude's got white makeup all over his face, and it just like ends at his jawline, and the rest of his skin is plain color. I'm like, the fuck is up with that guy's makeup? It's like, he's supposed to be a vampire. Right. Okay. Uh,. Yeah, it's it's that bad too. Uh, you know, it and I I'd watched this earlier and, and I jotted down notes and you know, the ejaculation thing like is absolutely is so absurd. There's so many connotations to that. Uh what the hell? Everyone's else? reactions is priceless it's when they correct. get it. Yeah. They're just like absolutely like they just it's literally like they just had a sour load dumped in their mouths. <laughs> 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 And that's what, and to me, that's realistic acting like that. Hey, good job. I like, but why was the woman chosen to be the vessel of the son of Satan? That was never. Well, why not? But usually when you're chosen, it's for a particular, like in most movies, especially of that era, they set up just as much time showing why something is special and chosen. Mm-hmm. This is just literally arbitrarily she's got a bruise. But in the movie they were saying that it was like a parasite. So a parasite doesn't really choose its host. It just takes what it can get because it needs that symbiotic relationship in order to survive. So perhaps it didn't really matter and that's she just ended up being chosen because it was most convenient. Yeah, fair enough. That that could very well be it. Uh, the blank stares of the ones that have been like the crazy eyes, the crazy eyes, but like blank crazy eyes with no talking. You know, one of the things at the end that I didn't understand. So I get like how broken neck dude at the end of it would be dead. Cause he was dead. But like the women didn't die. They were infected. Did they die at the end of the movie? Well, they did get thrown out of a window, so... I mean, but maybe people have fall. survived. Unless they were impaled by glass. I, if What if they fell on their neck wrong and they broke their neck? Fair enough. Hit their head. Fair enough. That's just one thing I didn't necessarily understand. Uh, you know, and then the wet leper, the makeup at the end where the, the chosen one was basically like slowly degrading. Like, that was some legit work. Yeah, skin melting. Just imagine going in every day to get that makeup put on. It was like... In the dailies you'd have to do just to get the rotting right? Yeah. I I don't know that they spent actually that much time. To me, Maybe. it's like a one or a two take situation. Yeah, they did it in a day and that was it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. But the makeup was impressive because at first the skin was kind of like bubbly and then it started to peel, and then more of like the inner flesh started to show. Mm-hmm. And then initially it was like kind of like wet looking, and then it started to turn like pussy at the end. Yeah, so it just went from dry to very, very wet look. Very viscous. And I thought that was a really good stand-up makeup effect. Like it was actually like – and you got to see some of like the, the muscle tone and the cheekbones. Like mm-hmm. I thought that, like, that was a really good effect. 
the the weird black teeth though i didn't really understand that one so much because like you could see in the mouth and the rest of them were fine but i suppose if you're filming it back in the day and it looked like shit you would never be able to tell anyways well yeah uh let's see what other yeah there's you know it's it could be taken in a lot there's a lot of like my interpretation of sexual innuendo and like like when the only african-american character he's basically getting ganged up by on by a, a white and an asian woman and then it, it flips it and he's being turned into you know the monster but i don't really know how the hell they subdued him in the first place because in the movie he's huge like he's bigger than everybody else well the the asian girl clotheslined him she jumped out of nowhere and like so clearly when they're infected they're stronger maybe Uh, definitely so you know again it's it's weird the opening sequence is like the longest title sequence i've ever seen in a movie it is i know i was noticing that as you're watching it i didn't have any problem with it either it was like 30 minutes of just music video essentially letting that ride and he did that on purpose and he made some sort of comment about it it's just they don't make movies like that anymore they don't take chances it's like he knows how to make movies and the rules and he's like yeah fuck it today i'm gonna do something different so i thought that was really interesting and initially when we were watching in the mouth of madness i thought in the beginning of that movie that maybe uh that that was the same thing but it turned yeah, out like sound issue that we were having yeah so yeah that was really interesting and then you know just the scientific exposition it just it sounded really like smart people don't talk that way even when they're talk even when they're talking about those kinds of subjects yeah. they don't talk I mean that's typical movie stuff yeah uh let's see what else cuz like i remember watching was it penny dreadful i was watching that and at one point in time in it they're in america and they're talking to a guy and he brings out some whiskey so I'm like, oh, shit, here we go, whiskey. Talking about William LaRue Weller, and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, oh, shit. Now they're really talking, like, right to me, talking about Weller. Holy fuck. Talking about, I think they even mentioned that it was a weeded whiskey in it. I'm like, what the fuck is this even? And then they say that the dude's from fucking Tennessee, like it's made in Tennessee. God damn it. <laughs> like, Instant fail for the whole Yeah, series. so it's just like, you know... Common jackass who doesn't know anything would just take that and be like, ooh, okay, that's interesting, whatever. So, I think common jackass would probably think that they're making that up. Or, you know, and then this, they're talking about science stuff, and I don't know shit about that, so I just take it at face value. But, again, there's going to be someone out there who's like, what they're talking about is completely wrong, and that couldn't be a thing. But that's it's a thing they do in movies, so. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, particle physics and those sort of things are actually an interest of mine. But they, what they talk about, it's like really literally the cliff notes of the sub. They're not actually talking about anything in depth. They're just literally stating what it is. They're saying buzzwords. Like when I was talking about fallout. Yeah. Like pit boy, Nuka Cola. And that's literally they're <laughs> As you said, they're, it, they're hitting the buzzwords and they're saying things that are like, Oh yeah, that's a, that's a scientific thing I heard once. But like as a 
scientist, you would not be talking about the introduction of a whole thing because they're PhD candidates studying quantum mechanics or quantum theory, these sorts of things. You would not be talking, you would not be debating Schrodinger's cat at this point if you're almost a doctor in the field. Some of those people were way too good looking to be in that field too. That is very true. And that fucking mustache, Jesus Christ. The droopy. One, so, one side longer than the other mustache. So the main male character, I don't duke. Is he the main character? 80s bro dude. Well, it, he's at the beginning, it seems that he's that way. I think they did a good job of not making any one person the main character. For sure. And who you would think would be the main character or that pulls out in the end, it isn't that case. So I like how, like, you know, he's making in the height of forming tropes. He's making different decisions, John Carpenter, that is. and But that fucking mustache. So he's the the blonde character. Let's just call him that. He's got this big fucking porn stash. And one big. side is a little bit longer than the other side. And in high def, it is aggr- it's angering to me. Like, it just sticks out so bad. I think you're jealous of its power. <laughs> I could, that could very well be. And then, you know, there's the nice, like, shirt like shirt open scene where he's showing off his body. Yeah, a lot and of then, shirtless action for that And you guy. know what? There is no female nudity in this movie. So that's kind of weird for an 80s movie. But anyways. <laughs> 80s movie? Gotta be nudity. <laughs> especially female nudity. is just the way it goes for that era of, of uh, films. So anyways... You know, in summary, I I enjoy the movie. It's very, I would say it's classic John Carpenter when he really is able to do what he wants to do, which isn't necessarily a good thing either. I think things like The Thing are much better movies overall because of the extra hands and the extra care and attention that go into those details that really stick out in low-budget Movies where they're like, I think he's. They said that the movie was only like forty three days, and for a movie shoot, like that's nothing. Yeah, and they just shot this over just like a month and a half, like really quick. So, having all those things in mind and, and knowing that fewer people went into making this movie and it did what it did, it's impressive. The problem I I fear for anyone who is maybe younger who didn't grow up in the 80s or even 90s per se, that all of the the care and the the work that went into that movie will be lost on most people because people take for granted special effects. They take for granted all these things that are happening on screen. You have like, you know, it's the age of Marvel movie where there's so much shit packed into a screen. Every frame in a modern movie is filled with something where movies like this, They'll just be one thing, and it was a handcrafted fly-by-night. They had a day and a half to put something together, and it looks really good. And I would say the effects of this movie, for the most part, are really good, especially that scene where the dude, like, fucking collapses. Mm, yes, full of bugs. The full bugs. of bugs and shit. Like, that's a solid uh, bit of, uh, you know, effects there. So I enjoy it. Well, what do you have to go what are your thoughts? I, of the trilogy, I would say it's 
my second favorite after the thing. Yeah. It's a uh, it's the lowest of the budgeted apocalypse trilogy. Uh it's technically the second in the series. And uh you know, I enjoy it. So go out watch it. I think you know, it's just one of those things that if you enjoy 80s movies and you haven't seen, especially get the remastered version of it because I remember watching it growing up and it looked like shit. Running on VHS or seeing it on television like a you know the four by three, the letterbox, and all that shit. Like the movie, I mean, would you say that the presentation it looked really good? It did. It was very detailed and, for what it was. Yeah, very. I don't want to say sharp, but everything. Well, it, I did notice when we were watching it, it had some sort of weird Vaseline like softening effect on the very top and very bottom. Yeah. So I don't know what was going on there, but I mean. Besides that, it was very clear. So I, I, that's from Scream Factory. They have a whole run of John Carpenter movies that they've been restoring and releasing limited runs on. So they, I think they've actually released most of his movies. And that's a really good print. It's a really good restoration. It's really hard when you uh, get into these movies and they do restorations. It could be really hit or miss. You could be getting some pile of shit. And like I've discussed this earlier on another episode where they did the labyrinth. It does not look good. I have the 4k restored version of it. I was really excited to see bulge and like ultra detail. Uh, and it was really grainy. And this restoration of Prince of darkness is not grainy at all. Like it's, it looks like a movie. It doesn't look too digitized. I would say colors are nice. What if they just were had grain to restore? Shit. What if it was like that and that's just how it is? Uh, and that's how the transfer turned out. It scares me and it's sad. Uh, anyways, I don't have anything else to add to this other than watch it. You know, it's just, it's a classic. It's John Carpenter. If you like his tone and style, it's classic John Carpenter in the height of his creativity i guess because he wrote the movie directed it did the score this is a did he write it i thought it said somebody else wrote the movie when in this super long intro so i think it does credit someone else but i think it was more like fleshing out the the dialogue like the story he came up with the concept of it and that sort of thing like and in that way it's very classic john carpenter what else do you have to add before we close this out? That's uh, that's about all I got. All right. Well, cool. So, uh, you know, again, check it out. And please add, give us insight. What did you think of the movie? Have you seen the restored version of it? What do you think of John Carpenter movies? Please, uh, you know, comment on Instagram, Facebook, go on our website, leave some, uh, you know, comments. We want to hear from you. What do you guys think of John Carpenter? Do you think that this movie is a you know a worthy in the top echelon of his filmography or you know what's your opinion we i think kyle and i both agree it's number two as far as the trilogy goes it's literally and in its ranking number two uh but let us know but it's not a number two (laughs) (laughs) but it's not a number two until next time this is eric this is kyle bye